Nine minutes after 8 o'clock here on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU, online at WSAU.com as well. We are in for, uh, well, a couple of treats here today. First off, temperature is going to be near 30 today, so not too bad at all compared to what we've been having. We could be near 40 by the middle of the week. That's going to be a treat. The second treat is, well, as always at this time, Merle Kelch has just sat down in studio, and we are ready to to uh, dive into what happened this week. And um, I think first off on the agenda uh, certainly is a quarter point interest rate hike from the feds, just like Merle called last week. Uh, We've got the tape. We can go back. And uh, yes, indeed, he did predict it. So what do you win for that first off? Well, I just want to say this right off the bat, Mike, because for all my friends that are listening right now, Mike just called me a treat. So this is... (laughs) That is true. Yes. My day is now complete. It's okay. made. I don't have all to talk right. anymore. Well, he's, we're done. He's yeah. walking out right now, and we're going to have a best of for the No, we're not. We're not. He's staying in studio because, again, yes, you were right. You need to be celebrated. A quarter well, point hike in the interest rates. You know, it, it, so it, it's not me. Everybody in the world predicted it was going to be a quarter <laughs> point. You know, the stuff that happened afterwards, in my opinion, was was uh, much more important. So Okay. Um so I'm a nutcase that I actually listen to all this stuff, and I listen to what the chairman says, and I read about this stuff. It's part of what I do for a living, and also it's been my interest, I think, seemingly my whole th- my whole life. So so with it, what's important to note are a couple of things in here. And so I'm going to cite a whole bunch of different articles and a whole bunch of stuff, but I want to chat about this because so many people are saying, well, interest rates are up. Why is the stock market going up? It's because we're getting clarity. So we're getting clarity as we start getting further into this rate hike increase, we're getting more clarity on whether the stock market or the economy is going to go up or the stock market, the economy is going to go down. Either way, we're getting more clarity that we know. Remember the thing that the market does not like is uncertainty. If something's uncertain, they don't know what to do and they keep going up and down and jumping around and jitters. And so hopefully in this program, what we try to do is at least give you the math. So you can at least wade through the jitters. Hopefully if that, uh, um, hopefully we can achieve that. So in here, the things that Chairman Powell said afterwards to me are more important than the quarter percent increase, which was expected. It's expected it's going to happen again in March, and it may or may not even happen in May. Uh, maybe. Shut up. Uh, May. Oh, 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 okay. Right, I got you. Go. I got you now. All right. You're a little slow today. You little slow. Yeah. Right, yeah again, again, the balloon is screwing everything up over so, our heads. One of the things that uh, Chairman Powell actually said, you know, he said our mandate is not to create a recession and there's not their point to actually do so. The mandate right. of the Federal Reserve is to do two things. One, stabilize inflation because inflation is the killer of economies. So their idea is to stabilize inflation. That's their mandate going back to 1918 during their uh, creation is to stabilize inflation and to continue to try to reach and move on full employment. So even Chairman Powell is going, hey, I'm really happy with these uh, uh, these job numbers. He was saying it during the meeting, and people are like, what, he's happy about that? Well, yeah, well, why wouldn't he want to have inflation come down and still have the job numbers hold up? That's, that's what's supposed to happen. So mm-hmm. the question is, why is this happening goes more importantly. So. I go back to a number of articles, and I don't remember if the articles were coming out by one or both of Brian Westbury, who's uh, the chief economist from uh, uh, First Trust um, out of Chicago, or uh, Larry Kudlow, who, of course, was with the White House, and I knew him long before that. I've actually had uh, a lunch and dinner a couple of times with Ooh. Larry Kudlow. Nice guy. Really smart. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, um, they had said that we they feel as though the economy is going to finally start reaching its full stride and this is after all the jobs are being created after the, the current administration came in. 
the economy finally is going to hit a full stride when supply chain starts improving. Because when a supply chain starts improving, now we can get all the machines and the widgets and everything created and produced, and so we can get the jobs to get all the stuff done. Right now, we don't have the parts to be in a full swing of production because our supply chain is bad. So what's happened throughout the course of this year is the supply chain continues to improve for two parts. Um, uh, and not necessarily because of China, but a lot of companies have said, you know, we're going to start building our parts in the U.S. so we have a better uh, predictability on our supply chain. So the companies are, that are building supply chain, of course, didn't have enough employees because they're trying to build out a supply chain, and the companies are trying to create supply chain, all that sort of stuff. But you know what? It was gelling in 22. It's coming together. If we look at the jobs that are being created, a lot of them inside of manufacturing, except for this last job report, people are finally getting bad into the uh, leisure um, industry. But we've been building manufacturing and new plants and new things to help create that supply chain. And, and now we also then see China coming on board as well. So those, these guys are right, and they said this like a year ago. And again, I don't know if it was one or both of Larry Kudlow or uh, Brian Westbury, and I have to give them the credit. Um, and they'd said that, and it, it appears as though that's kind of happening right now. Mm -hmm. Because it, it's much to the um, amazement of many, um, uh, we're looking around saying, we're in a recession. Oh, how can you be in a recession when your jobless unemployment rate goes down and new jobs keep getting created? And now we just had the ISM numbers, which, by the way, last month dipped below 50. We'll talk about that, which means you're having contraction in the economy. And now they just jumped up to 55, saying we're having expansion again. How are we having a recession? And by the way, we're not, folks. We're not in a recession. I'm not saying that we're not feeling it when we go to the pump or go to the grocery store. Not saying that at all because we all are, but we're not. So it appears that we still keep going down this path that inflation is improving, which means it's going down, and we're still creating jobs and holding in there, and it looks like it on almost every measure with exception of one, and I can actually explain that and look at that too. And so in here, folks, uh, you know, we look at the news articles that are out and saying, are we in a new bull market? Why is this going up? Well, we're making money. For some companies, not as much as normal, but in general, we're making money still. Companies are making money. Mm -hmm. We're still going to work. Our kids are still getting fed. Though they dress in goofy clothes, the ones at least in high school. But that's another conversation. <laughs> so, <laughs> Exactly. Well, you know, there we go. So I right. had to pull up my phone here. There was one other point I had to make in here. And again, remember that the Federal Reserve's job is not to put us in a recession. Their job is to control inflation and to keep us at full employment if we can. And if they can continue on with the jobs being created and still reduce inflation, it's a panacea. It's, it's the direction that we certainly want to go uh, in America. And it's we're doing all right with that. Mm -hmm. We're doing okay. Absolutely. Nobody's, so nobody's hair is on fire. Not a time to get out of the market. Again, this goes back to the weird way our kids dress with the hair on fire comment. Uh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And, and again, uh, the, yeah, between, between the uh, interest rate hike, we had the good jobs report that uh, came out on, I believe it was uh, Thursday mm -hmm. as well. So, uh, so you're saying right now you're not seeing any reason to be doing anything rash or making any bold moves right now depending on where you have your money we don't see any knee-jerk reactions going on um in, in our office the one thing that we're starting to look at and um we're actually going to look at it very much in depth next week um is using bonds rather than other projects and so our, our other investments so 
Folks, we, we've all heard about you split your portfolio between stocks and bonds. The difficulty of doing that over the course of the last several years is that bonds, if you're buying the actual bonds, the prices have been so overinflated, you couldn't do anything about it. Well, last year beat the heck out of that. I mean, so the, the prices of bonds came shooting down or dropping like a, well, not like a Chinese balloon. That's still floating. <laughs> yeah, indeed, it is. <laughs> Why they didn't shoot that down? Oh, I no that's idea. another discussion. What's, what's wrong with these people? Anyway, right. I'll get off that bandwagon. So, so anyway, uh, they came dropping like a rock, the uh, prices of bonds. So since the prices came down, we actually have now the ability to look at some bond prices. We've been holding off until the, the major interest rates went up. We finally said, well, let's give it one more month because we're going to go up a quarter point. So bond prices are settling out. So we're going to take a look at some of that. Whereas over the course of the last couple of years, um, in portfolios which required bonds, we used things that were bond alternatives because we didn't want to get stuck in that drop in the bond prices. And that appears to have worked out really well. But now um, I can get back to some of my favorite things to do, which is constructing laddered bond portfolios. I don't hear any applause or drums going off. No, ah. no, I, I, okay. that went right over my um, head. But uh, <laughs> another day we'll get into that one. But, um, but those days are back. I mean, we had the ability now to look at good quality corporate bonds and good quality municipal bonds and things that are insured and that kind of stuff in the bond marketplace. So now we have the ability to look at some of the, and we haven't been able to for geez. Six, seven years is the last time we had the ability to do that. Um, so I think that's the change that we're looking at. So when we build a portfolio now, uh, in fact, uh, we have some clients that are retired recently, so we're coming in and getting them constructed and ready to go for retirement. And so now for a change, we're actually looking at uh, some bonds inside of a portfolio, uh, different than uh, bond alternatives, because now the prices have come down into place. So that's one of the major things that we're doing now. But still having a portfolio that's that's properly diversified is doing really well. Um, I remember what I was going to talk about before, uh, which was the high-tech layoffs in the, uh, the tech mm -hmm. sector. We'll check about that in a second. But, Indeed. Um, so in constructing a portfolio retirement, it's still very much the same. Um, what's interesting is, is, folks, if you've listened to this over the course of the years, we've talked about making sure that your stock portfolio, your equity portfolio, if you will, whether it's in 401ks or whichever, is diversified. Be making sure that you have small, medium, and large. And some people say, well, geez, should somebody who's 70 years old have small company stocks? Well, if you're going to have a stock portfolio, yeah, but just a really small amount, just a little bit. And there's some reasons for that if you look at it on um, what's called the efficient market frontier. There's some parts. Oh, there's another big word. Sorry. <laughs> um, if you look at the risk versus reward ratio, um, you get better uh, return and least amount of risk if you diversify the portfolio between small, medium, large types of investments. And I don't want to get ahead of myself in here, but what we're finding right now as in a portfolio that has that, your small stocks and your mid-sized stocks are taking off like a rocket right now. As for your big, large, boring stuff, like your large caps, like the Dow, um, are kind of like blah this month. But that's mm -hmm. okay. They were great last month. The whole reason for the diversification. So there's a lot of small tech stuff that's up 20% this year, um, this month. I mean, January. Now, do we take all of our money to run in there? No, but we should have already had it in there mm -hmm. because that 20% on a little bit, it adds a couple percent to the bottom line, which is the whole point of this diversification. Business. And, yeah, that can be the difference between you know, taking that uh, road trip that you wanted to in the summer and, well, not taking that road well, trip. Well, it's a you tent or a camper. You choose. There you go. There you go. He's Merle Kelch. We're making financial sense. As always, our chatter is just a filler for your phone calls at 715-845-2155. We'll be back with more in just a bit here on WSAU. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, Consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. 
Securities Investment Advisory Services offered through Grove Point Financial, member FINRA SIPC, Grove Point Financial, and Kelch and Associates are unaffiliated companies. And folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. 823 on a Saturday morning, and again, we are looking at a daytime high near 30 today outside the WSAU studios. As I take a look outside the weather window right now, mostly sunny skies, and it looks like we are at 7. Merle Kelch joining us once again here for Making Financial Sense on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU. As always, your phone calls are welcome at 715-845-2155. Merle, you mentioned uh, job numbers. Again, the, uh, the tech sector, which... Tech sector in itself is a really large, uh, large bucket to put all these jobs in, I'll say, uh, because you have tech companies that do different things in different ways. And they, you know, some of them might be commerce companies. Some of them might just be goods and services. But that's been suffering here lately. In fact, uh, just later, uh, just this week, we saw the uh, online uh, dating uh, service match said they were going to lay off about 8,000 people at Tinder just in time for uh, Valentine's Day, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, so that's that sector has not been good as far as jobs go. We've not been getting good news there. But you mentioned earlier we've been getting good news elsewhere in the job market to kind of balance this out, correct? Yeah, it's interesting, I mean, it's just kind of pop back into my thought. And, and folks, this might be some sort of an insight into the weirdness that is my mind. Okay. You know, if Match.com did their job, wouldn't they work themselves out of business? Exactly. Because everybody get married? You would think. Yeah. All right. So just checking. Yeah. You, you would think, but. So maybe the layoff is because they're that good at getting people married. <laughs> yeah. I guess I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Well, again, that, that kind of worked weird sometimes. You right. Know? So the $517,000 jobs that we add inside of January, which of course, of course was a blowout compared to the some 340000 that was expected. So now. We have to look at this couple things. January is always kind of a, a weird number because they correct for the quarter and tends to add into January numbers too. But it was a solid number of jobs that we uh, we added. So the other part of that is we take a look at what happens with unemployment dropping down to three point four percent, and we haven't seen that level since nineteen sixty nine. So what's interesting in here is I think we actually see that unemployment number come down, which is odd. And we'll talk about the high tech sector in a second. And the reason is our participation rate inside of America, as far as the number of people willing to work, um, ticked up a little bit from 62.3 to 62.4, I think it was. Um, and so we're kind of going back to work again. So those people have been sitting around saying, well, wait, I'm not getting anything more for uh, the uh, uh, pandemic. What, I have to have to work? Oh, mm-hmm. oh okay. Um, and so we're seeing some of that stuff happen, and those jobs usually then coming inside of uh, the recreation and leisure, which, of course, was the number one. Uh, part of the new jobs report that came out with the uh, most number of jobs. In fact, of the 517, some 120,000 of them were in that uh, leisure sector. So does that so, mean uh, like hotel, um, hospitality jobs, things like that? Yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, which means that we'll actually be able to get a beverage or, or a, 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 you know, wait staff. And exactly. we go out to eat someplace. Exactly. So that could be handy. So, but what's interesting in here is the place that had negative jobs, of course, in the layoff sector was the high tech. And I look at this, and so many people say, oh, we're laying off. And, and, and I've said it on this program. I've said it you know, throughout our clients and conversations throughout the week. Well, you know, if you are um, having a uh, uh, laying off 11,000 people, but you've got 150,000 employees, you really haven't done much. You know, that's not a huge layoff from a percentage standpoint. 
But the other part of this, if we go back to 2020 and 2021 in the midst of the tech sector, um, what companies were taking off and going crazy and didn't have enough employees? It was the tech sector. Why? Because we're at home with nothing to do and we're looking at tech all day long, whatever it might be, trying to do something. And so it seems to be more of a natural reduction because mm-hmm. of all the employees they added during the pandemic to shedding themselves the one saying, okay, we're not doing this, didn't, didn't this didn't work, we're not trying that, we're not seeing the volume here. It seems like it's more of a natural um, a culling, for lack of a better term, um, mm-hmm. uh, than anything else in this tech sector as they're laying off some people. I'm just not seeing this as a major issue. And again, the percentages that they're laying off since it seems to be relatively small. So again, I'm still not at a panic from the job sector, any stretch of the imagination. I'm hoping that as we see the uh, uh, inflation numbers come out over the next couple of weeks, um, we'll see it, um, I think, next week and the week after, just prior to the Federal Reserve meeting in the beginning of March again, we see two uh, um, uh, inflation numbers. My suspicion is we see them come down. The M2 money supply keeps dropping. Of course, M2 money is is the uh, one more than M1. That's the mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, nonetheless, um, you follow inflation by the M2 money supply, and it continues to keep dropping. So I think inflation continues to drop. With having great employment, it's like the best of all worlds out here. You should mm-hmm. go celebrate tonight. You should go have, like, a fish fry. And where would you suggest I do that? Well, it's Saturday, so maybe I don't know. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, he, he's Merle Kelch, and, again, we are making financial sense here on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU. One more uh, quick question or quick thought I had there before we get to the news break uh, coming up here. You mentioned all these jobs being lost and, and kind of maybe in a natural cyclical way. There's a good word. Thank cyclical. You. There we go. How how quickly or how much of an impact does it have in the economy if a lot of those jobs or a lot of those unemployed people say find something relatively quickly maybe they get let go by meta who owns facebook and then all of a sudden they're finding a new gig at uh, alphabet uh, the parent company at google how much of an impact does that have well what's interesting to me is 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 i think some of that's already happening and the reason i say that is um evidence is that we're not seeing the unemployment dropping up or driving up. We're not seeing that. So mm-hmm. say those people aren't taking out unemployment benefits because they found a new job within that's, that's, a couple of days. That's my point. And if they yeah. have, it's, it's been at such a, a small rate that it's been unnoticeable at this point in time. I mean, if we're starting to have widespread layoffs, we're going to start seeing that unemployment number come up. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. Don't get me wrong. And I don't know if it will, uh, but it hasn't as of yet. We're not seeing those numbers starting to drive up. And so therefore employment is still looking really good. It mm-hmm. really is. So we come back. I want to talk about that ISM number just to let people know what ISM means. I've talked about it a bunch of times, but it's important that we should continue to keep having it in our head um, and what that measure is because it's, it's pretty important stuff we should know. Absolutely. We'll talk about that next here on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU and online at WSAU.com. But first, let's take a look at your lo- or, uh, local and national news headlines. The ch- the second matchup between the Badgers and Northwestern in a, a very short time. Of course, the Wildcats got the first one. The Badgers busted a losing streak in Big Ten play earlier this week against Ohio State. We'll hope that they have a good outcome tomorrow when they take on Northwestern. Again, the game you'll hear right here on WSAU. Right now, we are making financial sense with Merle Kelch. I'm WSAU News Director Mike Leishner, joined in studio by Merle himself. And uh, Merle, earlier, before the break, you were talking about uh, – the uh, I the ISM 
number. Yeah. Is, that, is that correct? Yep. Uh, going up above 50 this week, which is where we want it to be. So 50, tell us why. 50 is the minimum where we want it to be. Why Why is that good? And why and is by that the way, I think you need to start referring me to as Merle the Treat. Oh, yes, that's it's right. A, yeah, yeah. So Earlier in the show, we, we did say that we have a, a special treat with Merlin Studios. Yeah, well, you know, I, I hear these things. I get this stuff. My, that's, right. his ma- that's his magic mic name. <laughs> that's it. So, um, uh, that's me. I'm trying to find the exact number I have it in my head, but I don't have the exact. It's 55 point something. But uh, let me talk about what um, an ISM number is and why um, that it, uh, it, it, makes some, it makes some sense. We have to watch it. So. Long ago, um, Alan Greenspan's favorite number to watch was the NAPM, which is the National Association of Purchasing Managers, and it's a nonprofit organization, and you can understand what that is, the NAPM, National Association of Purchasing Managers. So purchasing managers that were simply polled by the organization saying, um, are you buying for expansion or contraction of your business over the next six months? That was it. That was the only question that there was. So expansion up, contraction down, the base measure was 50. So if you were above 50, it appeared that over the next six months, you're going to have expansion of the economy. Uh, Below that, you'd have contraction. Pretty good measure. I mean, it really is. So Alan Greenspan loved this. He always talked about NAPM. Apparently, the name wasn't sexy enough. Okay. So uh, the uh, NAPM changed its name to the Institute for Supply Side Management. Is that sexier? Um, I'm, I'm going to plead the fifth. Not, not the way I said <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, the, the, the gauge is, is a pretty important number. So now they come out. Now, you know, the ISM has is, is broken it down into multiple things. And, and it makes sense. I mean, they now have, you know, manufacturing, which is the original 10. Now they break it down into services in different areas and so forth. Um, but, you know, we were down at like 47 and some change here um, uh, when they had the ISM um, measuring as we're coming up in December. And now all of a sudden it jumps up. Then we're at 55, and so it looks like the dip, of course, dropped, um, but we're having an expansion again. So, And, of course, I can't find the article to reference it, but the ISM is a number that's out there every place. So it's important to note that along with the jobs, uh, it looks like the feeling, at least for a month, mm-hmm. is that we're seeing some expansion, some optimism coming inside of the business marketplace, and that's that's important. Indeed. So, and- will, you know, so this goes back. Is it Will the Fed pull this off and, and have a uh, decrease in inflation without a recession? Who knows? I still think we have a recession to some degree. But at this point in time, it's not pointing that it's going to be a long, dry, dragged-out affair like we saw back in 2008, 2009. And, uh, yeah, and I remember the 2008-2009 uh, incident because I was working in Minnesota at that time. I had a job in a very rural part of the state, and we were hit especially hard at, at that time because uh, not only did we have the, the recession that was going on, because of the housing well, collapse, the Vikings too. and yes, we had the we had the Vikings, we had the Metrodome <laughs> collapsing, all of those uh, things. But I was in a very rural part of the state. We also didn't have the best uh, growing seasons for a couple years in a row. So I know when you're looking at this number, obviously we're talking about this number in a broad picture, but there could also be a very targeted, um, smaller number to or a different aspect to that because of where money is being spent in different parts of the country because you know some areas of the nation if the farmers aren't uh, getting the prox- the production that they need that means a lot of contraction in certain portions of the economy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's always an ebb and flow for every section that we have in the economy some things do well when others do poor and uh, that's obvious the whole question is, is when does it come back to functioning normal and i still think we're in a, in, in a scenario where we're still coming back to normal even after the pandemic 
I think the inflation is all part of that. I think that's the reason that inflation jumped up so much, but yet we still continue to have jobs and continue to have the economic expansion during inflation. I think that's the reason that we're starting to have inflation coming back and still strong job, job numbers is because of the still settling out to whatever normalcy it is um, that we look like prior to the pandemic. I still think this is all reverberations of that. Mm-hmm. Those are a lot of big words. That, it must have been the coffee I had. It, <laughs> yes, indeed, coffee. indeed. Yeah, yeah the, the, we had some great coffee this morning uh, here at the office. I did not take, tar- take, take part, I should say, but uh, yeah. others do. Others you had do. your energy drink. What was that Jim Beam, wasn't it? Yes, indeed, <laughs> indeed. Um, yes, and uh, you know, I will not tell you what to, what it was mixed with or if it was mixed with anything at all. 715-845-2155 is the number to call. Now, Merle, uh, one thing I wanted to, to kind of ask you about, because you mentioned a couple of weeks ago tax deadlines are uh, approaching the IRS now accepting tax returns. For a lot of people, that's an important time because that could be anywhere, you know, between if they're not paying in, that could be a four-figure shot in the arm for somebody's own personal economy, which is always a, a good thing. I'm always very pro having that economy that I see in, in my mobile phone be on the plus side, and even better yet, maybe a, a couple digits on the left side of the decimal point yeah. as well. Uh, somebody like you, what do you recommend somebody does with that ta- money? You know, the, that $1,200? Yeah, the $1,200 yeah. they're about to get on the return. Uh, what well, you would gotta you got to buy twenty dollars with the lottery tickets. Okay, that'll help retirement. Okay, well, that's a joke. Don't. <laughs> no, it's your or, or today Powerball tickets Powerball. because there we're at seven hundred million. Yeah, there you go. That's enough to actually play. I mean, if it's just a million, who cares about that? <laughs> you right. know, one of the better things to do it would be, especially at this point in time, and and I, and I think we're going to come to a recessionary event, but not danger. I mean, that's that's the direction Merle Kells is leaning towards, as far as my thought. The best thing you can do is go through and pay off some debt. Um, especially if you have credit cards. I, I'll, I'll tell people, especially young people or people just starting out investing, think about this. You know, on average inside of the marketplace, if we go back to the 1920s to date, and um, we're looking at a rate of return between 8 and 10 to 12%, depending upon what year you look at, what mix of stocks and bonds and investments you have. But that's what we're looking at to try to achieve long term. So how do you achieve that if you're paying 20 plus on a credit card? Well, you're, you're right off the bat, you're going backwards. So the better thing to do is if you get that money that comes back and you have some money on the credit card balance that's been laying out there, as much as you want to take this money and say, woohoo, let's go have some fun with it, the better option longer term would be to just get that thing paid off and, and not have that hanging over you, especially as you start coming into a recessionary event. I mean, think about it, folks. And, and most of us are of, of my age, 36, um, 42 maybe, um, <laughs> So, so a lot of us have been around for a while and get this. If you know, all of a sudden you have that debt out there, you have that payment, all of a sudden you get laid off from your job. It's like, oh, now I have to make all these bills. How am I going to do that? And so the better thing is just not have the bills. Secondly, put it someplace where you can build an emergency fund. In case something happens, you have that pot left over uh, that you can dip into if needed. And, and so those are the smarter moves to do it. Getting the money and say, look, I have all this money, so now I can go out and buy a new chair. Well, what's wrong with your old chair? Well, I don't like the color. It doesn't meet my, match my drapes. Well, Deal with the chair, take care of the financial part first, the rest will come later on. Um, so that'd be the better choice in which to do so. Um, we have some people that take their tax returns and then they'll buy an IRA with it. Um, you know, say, well, geez, uh, I get two things. I get the tax return. I'm going to put that money inside of an IRA for myself so I get a discount on my taxes for next year. Um, at the same time, I can uh, uh, put some money away for savings. That's not a bad plan either. You know, you put that money away. And even for a young guy like you, putting into a Roth IRA, for example, 
Hey, put it away. It's going in for the future. You may not get the tax write-off, but you put some money away. That's going to grow tax-free for the rest of your life. And so it's a better option than just simply going, woohoo, party, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, better options uh, than doing that. And by the way, when I was younger, I went, woohoo, let's party. So. <laughs> Quite a bit. Quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and the other thing that I was, uh, I was somewhat curious about is how much of a difference then is, would it be if you say, okay, we are going to take this up and split it into maybe three or four different ways, put some of it away into a savings account so it's, liquid and can be used in the mm-hmm. events of some kind of emergency and then maybe taking another smaller percentage of it and sticking it away into that 401k that you have with an employer or as you mentioned a a, a Roth IRA so that way when it comes out it would be tax-free, tax-free. right um, and there's no no difference because if you look at it you're putting it away either way you're not taking that money and, and going crazy with it mm-hmm. and so either way you've still done the job of putting money away and saving it which There's is, a book that's out there that talks about this stuff. And, um, boy, I can't think of it. The, the book title is The Richest Man in Babylon. It's a little 60 or 80-page book that you read over the course of a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of the author. It starts with a C. Nonetheless, inside of that book, they kind of go through, and, and they put things inside of a story form. So as you read the book, you're learning as you go through. And it talks about things um, uh, really biblically based, but they call it The Richest Man in Babylon. And, in there, this man, he put 10% away for tithing. He put 10% away for loan that he borrowed to somebody where he's getting interest back. And he put 10% away into long-term savings. And that's how he became the richest man in Babylon. And so in a cute little story, they tell how to do that. Um, and so um, we used to buy those books by, you know, we'd buy 100 of them. We'd hand them out to young people. Well, now all of our young people have turned into my age. We don't have that one anymore. So, mm-hmm. um, But it's a great little book out there. Um, so uh, not only for yourself. Um, Mike would be a, a nice little read for you, but for those of you that are out there that have, you know, grandkids and kids, you know, that are thirty something, and you want to beat them in the head, sometimes, sorry, just give them a book, which you're not going to read anyway because there's like big words in it. Yeah. Sorry, I was being a seven one five eight four five two one five five is our number. We do have somebody on the line that uh, wants to ask a question quick, so we'll go to the phone lines. And good morning, you're making financial sense with Merle Kelch. Good morning. Hey there. First-time caller, long-time listener, love your show. I listen to it for the 40 minutes on my commute to Marshfield from Stevens Point every day. Well, love you. it. Um, your your little filler I also love, too. So this yeah. question comes off the bar. If you're just talking about putting in money into a Roth IRA, I'm uh-huh. 23 this month. I've got a union job, so I have a pretty stable income. Um, I also want to buy a house for the next, like, 10 years or something, how much should I put into a Roth IRA to kind of put away for that, but also using the Roth IRA as kind of a spending, uh, excuse me, a savings plan to figure out how much money I can save for a house and then have half of that in a Roth that isn't going to go anywhere. Well, I, I think the dollar amount you can pull out of a Roth, um, well, no, the, the IRA you can pull 10000 out, so have to pay the taxes. Roth IRA, you can pull your principal out of it. So, okay. so let's say you put, I'm, I'm making up a dollar. I'm sorry. What's your name here, hon? Philip. Philip? Yep. Okay. I called you hun for one reason or another. I apologize. <laughs> I call my kids that That's too. Right. And, well, okay. in your case, I give you a pass because I have a tenor voice, had it all my life. I can talk in higher, deep voices, but most people, <laughs> when I call, they usually yeah. think I'm a female. And sometimes I can use that to my advantage, especially if I'm covering my tracks. Perfect. Go ahead. Well, you know, Philip, uh, you know, there's this guy who was a tenor and he was in a rock band called Led Zeppelin. Maybe you need to grow your hair out. 
I've go. got a beard, and some people call me Freddie Mercury before I grew the beard. <laughs> well, anyway. Another one. There you go. So anyway, Philip, in here, um, using a Roth IRA at your age, and especially if it's even for something you can commit for the long term, is brilliant. When you start putting money away at your age, um, you know, for 150 or 200 bucks a month, it'll become a million, um, if not more, by the time you hit retirement age. Um, mm-hmm. As where if you wait till you're 60, now you have to put away, you know, 100,000 a month to be able to get there. I'm, I'm exaggerating the number, sure. obviously. So, so if you can commit to doing something, whether it's even 50 or $75 a month going into a Roth IRA and just commit to leaving it there, it's going to benefit you in waves that you wouldn't even imagine. So for putting the money house away, for putting the money away inside of a house, if you need to go to your Roth IRA, the current rules are, and the reason I say that is because they seem to change every couple of years, is as you can pull your principal out of a Roth IRA and use it for the house, you have to leave the interest, per se, and the growth stay behind. Make sense? Oh, yeah. So, so which is, you look at it and say, well, that's great because I can get the house for that. But my preference would be for you to say, the money we put in the Roth IRA, let's commit it till 59 and a half. Commit it. Let, let it sit there. Sure. Um, but then to uh, say, okay, if so I'm going to put, and again, I'm Philip, I'm making up a dollar amount here. Go so, ahead. So yep. if you're putting $100 a month away into your Roth IRA, now let's do 250 that's going to go into um, a, a house fund. So putting the money away for a down payment for the house. Uh-huh. That'd be the better way in which to look at it, in my opinion. Because once you've committed that money, you're leaving it there for the long term, it's going to stay. Right. Because think about it, if you save $20,000 in your Roth IRA, it's going to be a long time doing that at $100 a month. So get my example right. here. And now you say, well, 15 of it was mine. You pulled it out. Well, now you're not getting the growth on that 15 anymore. And right. the potential growth inside of an equity-based account in the stock market, if you just did to go that direction, is going to have a lot more growth and appreciation to it than a house will. And it's a better managing of your equity. Okay. Make sense? Houses, yeah, only grow, houses only grow on average about 6% a year, unless you're on water. Different story. Um, oh. Now, the last couple of years, um, make it so that people think that your house is going to grow at 20% a year every year. That's not the norm. It's it's like six. It's just been a really, really good last year. Okay. Yep. And so looking last at the long-term year, numbers. Last year, um, was crap for certificate of deposit rates, but I didn't know that. Um, and last year, January, I walked into Associated and I said, I want a 12-month CD add-on, which means every month I put in 750 bucks, uh, and, you know, that's nine grand at the end of the year. Yeah. And at, can you believe it? I'm sure you can. It was 0.03% interest. Yeah, yeah. It was pathetic. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, I stopped about October, and... I committed myself. I said, this is something that I cannot touch. I cannot take anything from that. And then gas prices shot up a little bit, and my dad convinced me that that seven grand should go to buying uh, a new energy system. So that's what I did. Okay. <laughs> I, I pulled that money out, and I bought a new heat pump for outside, a new air conditioner, you know, all that fun stuff. Well, that's going to save over the long that's term. That's a capital investment. You got it. Indeed. Now, Philip, uh, what type of work do you do? You said you're in unions. I am actually an HVAC technician. Good for you. It's a good so gig. I have, jobs, uh, I have some friends that have done anywhere. that for a long time. <laughs> uh, it's not, it, you, it, in terms of like tech jobs where you can instantly transfer all that tech knowledge over to China people over there and, and say, do, my, do this programming. If you're freezing your buns off because your furnace went out in the middle of the winter, you call me up and guess what? I'm there in an hour or less. And yeah, right. yeah. something you just you just can't get with a 
outsourced. And, and, and Philip, for my friends that are in that business, you are enormously busy today, aren't you, in these past couple weeks? Yeah, Absolutely. I, I actually you. go on call uh, Monday through Sunday, beginning in, uh, in two days. So, mm-hmm. And, and uh, if you're looking at the weather, God's looking out for me because this week it was, you know, negative degrees, and next week it's going to be 30s. Yeah. Well, now you get to repair all the problems that were popped up from last week, next week when it's warmer. Exactly. exactly. Yep. Yep. For you. Keep, up, keep up the good work, Philip. Well done. Thank you very much. Sure. Right. And, uh, yeah. Keep up your good work. I love the financial sense you make. Thanks, Mark. Right. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Again, uh, 715-845-2155 is the number to call. Uh, we will t- uh, We will have time for uh, maybe one. Re- maybe we can squeeze in two more calls as well. But first, so let's take a look at today's This Day with Chris Conley here on WSAU. 8.55 on this Saturday morning on AM 550, FM 99.9, WSAU online at WSAU.com as well. We wrap up this week's edition of Making Financial Sense here. Uh, Merle, the uh, last thing, of course, before we before we let you go for today, um, uh, obviously, first off, I want to know, are you, are you going to go chase the balloon? Um, yeah, I booked the flight. Okay. It's on a uh, Air 10, A-10 Warthog. <laughs> okay. And- <laughs> And and you're gonna go. I mean, they said we're gonna. It's gonna be down south. We're talking maybe in the North Carolina area. In North Carolina. Later well, it's today. gonna be warm. We'll bring the golf clubs. Yeah. So we'll, uh, and yeah, we're, we're not chasing a balloon. No, um, no, no. I, I think the government. My would friends prefer- are out there. Go have uh, some squeezing and start taking some shots. Let's bring this thing down. Let's. Uh, I think God the government doesn't broadcast that far. <laughs> yeah. I think the government would prefer that we stay out of that, but uh, it's still, it's it's something that's just fascinated me at least over the last couple of days. Well, it's made your heart jump. We yeah, indeed, this. indeed. I think my my mechanical valve may have gotten some kind of signal, some kind of upgrade from the balloon, and now all of a sudden, I've actually got an uh, S and P five hundred ticker right behind my eyes. Yeah, he's so, been doing show turns all morning. By yeah, way, indeed. So. Uh, yeah, of course, all of that said with my tongue firmly planted in my cheek. Uh, but Merle, uh, what have the customers uh, been asking you here this week uh, as you uh, as you've gone through the uh, the regular business there at uh, Kelchin? It's, it's been amazing. Uh, it's it's been the same questions this week as the same thing we had last week. Can I retire this year? And so that's the biggest thing as we go through the math and like anything else and determine whether a person can or can't. And the answer is 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 yes. Um, and there's a lot a lot more feelings of okay, we're going to be all right when people are starting to look at what their values are in January. And by the way, uh, you know, January just done, you're going to be getting your statements, folks, in the mail in the next couple of weeks if you get them in that fashion, and you're going to have a real nice smile on your face. We, we in January, and it's not going to stay this way, people. It's not going to. But let's sometimes you just smile and say, okay, I get it. Um, but, I mean, this month sucked about a third away of losses from last year this month. It's not going to stay this way. But at least smile. You know, it's going to look better. Indeed. Yeah. So you know, in just, our office, we do reviews for clients this past couple of weeks. They said, I've got good news and bad news. Which one do you want to see? And they say, okay, let's look at the good news. And I said, I don't care if it's been three weeks. Look, it's up. You know, so that's how you start <laughs> right. out the review. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just one of those uh, ebb and flows that happens. And as we continue to get more data and information, there will be more clarity and, and more normalcy in the marketplace, I feel. Either way, I mean, more normalcy that it should go down because there's a reason for it to go down. Or it's going up because there's a reason. And last year we were going down, and it didn't appear as though there was a reason. Mm-hmm. So we're getting more clarity. And, and you know, like you had just uh, said uh, last segment when uh, when Philip called us in, talking about it, taking money and investing it into a house because the house goes up, you know, at a certain percentage point. But it can also take a, a swing down yeah. just that much, if not more, in the very next month. So you yeah. want to have something that, 
uh, maybe has a little more consistency to it. And uh, that's exactly where somebody yeah. like you comes in. And I know we only got a couple of minutes, but I want to sneak this in. Sure. There's there's a place in Slidell, Louisiana, where I have uncles and cousins that live down there. And there's a place that's down there. You know, it's an area that retirement houses sit in. Um, and so I like the idea, if I'm going to be someplace in the summer, I like the idea of you have your, I'm sorry for the winter, I like the idea of you have your house, and then you can walk out back and hop on your boat and go fishing. That mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense to me. And so just because of, there's this area that we've we've rented houses, Airbnbs for, and went fishing out of for a long time, and we meet my cousins, we'd have a fun time. The prices of their houses are dropping by twenty, thirty, and fifty thousand dollars every other month right now because nobody's buying them because the prices were so high. And with a variable interest rate and the mortgages going up, um, uh, uh, mortgage rates going up, people aren't buying the houses. And so if that continues on, we could probably see a, a discount in home prices over the course of the next 12, 18 months. I feel um, it, it'll could be interesting to see what happens. So that's my little measure at this point. And as always, if uh, people want more information, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, Monday morning, stop and visit us at 3rd Avenue and Bridge Street in Wasta. Come in and kick the tires, have a cup of coffee. Give us a call locally, 715-849-3600. Outside of the Wasta area, 866-355-5100. Or find us online at kelchinassociates.com.